Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. So what does food mean to you? Well, stay with me today. You know, it's August, the month of August, or affectionately known as Dogist. And in honor of Dogist, we are speaking today to members of an organization. It's really a special organization. It's the UDS Foundation. One of the things that they do that I think is so wonderful is they provide service dogs or they help to provide service dogs for disabled people, even people with autism as well. And they're going to talk to us today about that. And they have a special virtual 5K going on that benefits the organization. So they're going to let us know about that. And I am going to share two recipes for the steamy hot days of August or dogist, as I like to call it, a blueberry cream frost and also a simple green bean and lemon salad. These recipes, you know, they take minimal amount of cooking time, so you won't mind making them in these steamy hot days of August. Stay with me. And here's an entry from my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Diaries, Seasons, my latest book. And it's from one August or Dogist while I was in Italy. And this includes a simple recipe as well. The traditional steamy hot days of August are here finally. Again, after a few summers of cool weather, the notoriously hot Italian August is here to stay this year. My go-to lunch today was an easy but oh-so-delicious Fagiolini with limone insalata or green beans and lemon salad. The beans were fresh and locally grown and the lemons were from, of course, the Amalfi Coast. So all you need to do is steam the beans till tender. Please use fresh beans. Add in freshly chopped garlic, the juice of one freshly squeezed lemon drizzle with some extra virgin cold pressed olive oil and sprinkle a handful of freshly chopped parsley leaves on top. Let this all marinate in the refrigerator for about an hour. Serve with crispy bread and a slice of artisan cheese and you have an easy, light, and cool dinner to eat al fresco. And you know, my next recipe is, is a recipe to keep you cool in the days of August or Dogist. <laughs> It is a blueberry cream frost. And this recipe is also from my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diary Seasons, and from my award-winning blog. So here's the recipe. One teaspoon of cinnamon, one tablespoon of honey, or you can use stevia or any other sweetener you'd like. Six shots of espresso. Measure with small espresso cups. So you can use six shots of espresso or six small espresso cups. One half a cup of whipped cream, or you can use a non-dairy whipped cream. One cup of frozen blueberries, and you're gonna place fresh blueberries in the freezer for about 40 minutes before making this. You should be able to still get fresh blueberries. If not, opt for the frozen ones and a cinnamon stick to garnish. 
some unsweetened dark chocolate, minimum 65% cocoa for garnish. Place the cinnamon, that's the powdered cinnamon, and the honey in a shaker. Make the espresso and pour that into the shaker. With a small wire whisk, whisk all the ingredients together. Divide the whipped cream into four ice cream glasses, about three ounces each, filling each glass about halfway. Place the frozen blueberries in the shaker with the coffee mixture. Cover and shake about eight times. Pour into the ice cream glasses. Top with a little bit more whipped cream. Divide this evenly between all four glasses. And finally, garnish with a cinnamon stick and shave that dark chocolate and you have an oh-so-delicious, creamy, and uh, refreshing drink that will definitely cool you down in these hot summer days. So today I have some special guests with me and they're here to tell us about a special cause. Um, it's the UDS service dogs and we have Jen and Lori and Nova also is joining us today, which is so nice. I don't, I don't know who wants to start, but I know you have this really neat 5k event that's going to, it is for, to benefit the organization, but you have, uh, maybe you can, I guess, introduce the organization to my listeners first, tell them about it. Sure. Hi, my name is Lori Brees, and I am the manager of the UDS Service Dogs Program. We have been part of UDS for about 20 years, and we place um, dogs with people who have mobility disabilities and children with autism. Um, puppies start our program when they're eight weeks old, and they go through a two-year program. Uh -huh. And then uh, they're matched with a client on our waiting list. Uh, so it could be somebody that might have muscular dystrophy or multiple sclerosis or have problems, um, you know, walking or um, just having challenges uh, with their mobility. And um, if the dog doesn't work for them, we have children with autism. And then we also have many schools in York and Lancaster counties on our waiting list for facility dogs. Wow. So is there like a special breed? Nova looks like, is that a Labrador retriever? Are there like only breeds that work out better with this program or almost any breed? Actually, that's a good question. And 99% of the time we keep coming back to Labrador retrievers because they love to work and they're very food motivated. Oh, okay. Like dog, you know, that works for treats is going to work really hard. So yes. um we have used other breeds. We have Labradoodles. We have Golden Doodles. Uh -huh. Doodles. Uh, we've used in the past Great Danes. We've tried um, uh, Boxers. We just keep coming back to Labs because it is a tried and true breed for this type mm -hmm. of work. And a large majority of service dog organizations do always try to use Labs. Okay. So I know you have this 5K event coming up. It's virtual, right? Yes. Can you tell us about, I guess we'll start talking about that so people know they can participate in that. What's, um, what's that? Tell us a little bit about that event. This is actually our fourth year going virtual with our 5K. We had done it before in live uh, with a wonderful, beautiful group of people mm -hmm. running at one of the local colleges. Uh -huh. And I'd like to say we were a little bit ahead of the curve as far as COVID goes because we started our V5Ks in 2018. 
Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, that was way ahead because everybody was kind of starting it in the last two years. Yes. So so how does that work? I'm trying to figure a 5K. What do people like participate on their kind of on their own? Is that how that I love our five, RB5K is a little bit different only because we have participants that are also disabled that need to um, participate as well. Uh-huh. So we really encourage our participants to think outside of the box as far as how do they want to complete their virtual 5K. Do they want to run? You don't have to be a runner to participate in RB5K, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. You can walk, you can hike, you can bike. We had a team actually participate in a Surrey ride and they went up and down the boardwalk. Uh-huh. Um, we also, or you can pick your favorite type of gym equipment. Do you like to go on your elliptical or a treadmill? Um, we also have opportunities for people to do if they like to row. Uh-huh. I've done uh, the 10,000 meters on my rower before instead of running. Uh-huh. Um, and then we've also had other people kayak. So really, it's wonderful that you get to choose when you want to do your, your 5K. It starts September 1st and mm-hmm. it's Thanksgiving Day. Uh-huh. We get to choose when you want to do it within that time frame. Uh-huh. When to do it. Uh-huh. Run, walk, hike, bike, rock, row, <laughs> kayak, skateboard, pogo stick, however you want to do it, it is up to you. Well, that's great. That's great because almost anybody can do that. That's great. It doesn't really, it's not like you have to be at one place, one time of the day on one date, you can participate whenever you want to. So tell us, I know um, we were talking a little bit uh, before, um, I wanted to find out, I want my listeners to find out, I think it's such a wonderful, wonderful organization. I have a little terrier and she's like my heart and soul. I don't know what I would do without her. But um, so I know, you know, it's it's kind of a cause near and dear to my heart. And, and I know people with disabilities and I've always thought to tell them that they, they should have a pup. You know, I, I could see how it would help them. But um, so I wanted people to definitely find out more about the organization. So one thing I was going to ask you, you have something about the pups in prison program. Is that correct? What's that? Yeah. What program? What what type of program is that? We're very proud of this program. In 2014, um, the unit manager at that time at SCI Pine Grove in Indiana, Pennsylvania, was looking for a service dog organization to partner with so that inmate handlers could raise puppies to help an organization. Uh-huh. And we'd never done anything like that. It wasn't a new concept. It had been done many times all over the country. However, it was very new for us. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably life-changing for our program because it made such a huge difference. Right. So we partnered with SCI Pine Grove and we took over our first four pups in 2015. Uh-huh. And for the last seven years, we have been with three prisons. We're currently with one, um, SCI Holtzdale in Clearfield County, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And they named their program Rough, which is relying upon furry friends. Each uh-huh. prison can name their own program. Uh-huh. And it's phenomenal. It's such an excellent program where we send puppies that are around four months old, and they spend approximately eight months in prison with carefully selected inmate handlers. They Uh live in the cell with the guys and they're with them 24 seven. And the guys train the puppies 
Uh And how that all came to be is that the staff from the prison came to Lancaster for a two week training, like a train the trainer. Yes. And then they went back and worked with the inmate handlers. Uh And um, it's, it's a program that touches our heart. It's uh, truly win-win and it's, it's changing the life on the other side of that um, iron fence. I can just imagine having companions, you're providing companionship. Um, and it's a special type of companion. So I think that's a one, definitely wonderful program. And then I know we were talking about um, how the pups help, I guess, in the classroom. How does that, how does that work out? You want to talk about that, Jen? I love our facility dogs. Um, <laughs> honestly, if I had a dog while I was in school, I would have enjoyed school a lot more than what I did. <laughs> So our facility dogs go through the same type of training as what our service dogs do. Uh For whatever reason, um, we can't place them as an active working service dog. They might be very, very strong in their skills, but their work drive might be in neutral. Uh Or they might like to cuddle more. So it makes them perfect for facility work where they're assigned to a team of people within their building. Uh And then they have a main handler as well. They go to visit the different classrooms. A lot of our schools now that have special needs classrooms and the emotional support classrooms as well, our dogs go in there and they provide furry assistance for these kids that might be having just a rough day and need a little bit of therapy time is what we like to call it. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I could just see how that would, that would I, I mean, really, really help kids. Definitely. Um. And then I saw something about helping with the, if a child has autism, how the dogs help, how does that, how does that work? Well, a lot of times with children with autism, one of the biggest uh, benefits of having a service dog is deep pressure therapy. Uh huh. Similar to how um, a person might feel using a weighted blanket, but uh-huh. you can't take a weighted blanket with you out in, the, in, in public. Yes. So a dog will, um, it, it can be, you know, getting on top of a child's body, full body, across mm-hmm. their lap, laying across their feet. It's just applying that pressure, which is a calming mechanism. Um, also, a dog can help disrupt a behavior. So sometimes on the autism spectrum, a child could be stuck in an act um, in a behavior that they can't get out of it. And a dog can help disrupt that. It can be as simple as nudging the child, um, nudging their hand, just kind of dislodging them out of where that moment is, where that focus is. Right. And that's pretty huge. Um, it's kind of helping. We've had a lot of uh, dogs with children with autism that started with that child when they were six or eight, and then nine or 10 years later, mm-hmm. That young person was retiring the dog, having the dog become their pet, because that dog helped them move through the spectrum and get through some of those challenges. Mm-hmm. And now they're able to function on their own. And I mean, we have a wonderful uh, young man who is driving, he's in sports, he excels in school, yet those first 10 years were driven by having his service dog by his side, and that helped him to move through that part of his life. And now he's a high functioning adult. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. So how many, 
dogs do you have like right now that are kind of out there working in the field? Well, I would say that we have about 75 working dogs. Um, we have about 200 that have gone through our program. Uh huh. And, you know, when you look back at the history of our program, I want to say that we truly started to gain momentum in 2013, 14, when we started to make a commitment to bring in more dogs. You know, prior to that time, it was kind of a hit or miss. You know, we weren't as um, familiar with a lot of breeders. We were utilizing rescue dogs. Um, we were just going down different paths. We had kind of found our um, comfort area where we could be successful. And now we're bringing in between 12 and 16 puppies a year. Wow. And, and that's a big commitment for our program. And it's one that's going to benefit more people. You know, we have a huge waiting list of clients and there's a lot of need out there. Oh, there is. And uh, anyone that's had a dog knows, I'm, I'm sure they realize how much this can really help, you know, help people. Um, so uh, I'm sure there would be a long waiting list. So how do, um, how does anyone that wants to do this 5k and find out more about the organization? How, what's the website? Can you tell us the website or let us know what we need to do? Yes, you can go right onto our main website, which is www.udservices.org. Uh huh. And then it is backslash events or V5K. Okay. Okay. There's also a tab right on the main frame where um, you can click under services, uh -huh. pull up service dogs, and then it'll have events there for you as well. Okay. And if somebody, well, I guess you have a waiting list. So I was just going to say, if somebody does have a need for a service dog for this, you know, they've heard this, um, can they get on the waiting list or is there a Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because I encourage people, if you're starting to think about a service dog, do it now and get on the waiting list. There's no there, there's no um, obligation. If we would call a client and they're not ready and that's happened before, uh -huh. due to personal circumstance or whatever their situation is, we'll just move them down on the waiting list. But they already did the hard part. They did the application. They went through the interview and then they were accepted. So I encourage people and you can find it similar to where Jen just shared with you, uh -huh. www.udservices.org services find service dogs and our application process is listed right there. Okay. And I, I'm going to try and put the, have this put up on my website also Thank so you. people can find that. Oh, sure. It's a wonderful organization. And I'm so happy to hear that uh, you're out there doing that. I just think that's, that's so important. Um, service dogs are a really, really important part. It's something that I think it's just so simple that people don't realize, you know, dogs can be really useful companions and especially help. Nova, I was boring you, I guess. <laughs> Now our uh, now you're now we're interesting, right? Yes. <laughs> well, like I mentioned, food motivation. So oh yes, that's right. I know mine does the same. Snuck over yeah. here. I'm kind of only teasing, but yes, I know. <laughs> I know that's how you know mine does the same thing. I know exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful, and uh, definitely keep up the great work. 
And thank you so much for being here. And and hopefully we'll uh, hear a lot of success from your 5K event and much success in the future. And any other events, please keep us posted. And uh, we'll definitely share with the audience or have you back on again. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you and be here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at the Maria Liberati Show. And also thanks to my producer, Britton Roselle, and Lori and Jen and Nova from the UDS Foundation who provide service dogs for the disabled, those with autism. And as always, you can find me at marialiberati.com. You can find me on Instagram at Maria Liberati. You can find me on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati, on Twitter at Maria Liberati, on Vimeo on the Maria Liberati channel, on Roku, the basic art of Italian cooking by Maria Liberati TM channel, and on Pinterest at Maria Liberati, on LinkedIn at M Liberati. And you can find my book series, my Gourmand World Award-winning book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, on marialiberati.com, on amazon.com, on Kindle, and the publisher's website, Art of Living Prima Media. And don't forget my latest book. I shared some recipes in an excerpt today from the book. It's the Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diaries Seasons. And you can find that book wherever books are sold. And I had the honor of translating an award-winning Italian book that uh, was translated into an English title called How Wine Can Change Lives. And it was written by the Italian wine girl, Laura Donadani. And I had the honor of translating it into English from Italian. And you can look for that book also, How Wine Can Change Lives, on Amazon, on artoflivingprimamedia.com, and anywhere books are sold. And don't forget, if you try any of the recipes that I share today, take a picture, share it with us, hashtag it the Maria Liberati Show, and we'll try and put it on the website for the Maria Liberati Show, which is the MariaLiberatiShow.com. Until next time, peace, love, and pasta.